Long time no see, man. I know you guys been trying to, you know, hear my crazy, annoying voice and whatnot, but this semester's been kind of crazy, like, you know, you know, crazy schedules and whatnot with coaches. But nonetheless, we're here. We're alive. Got another episode for you with Coach John. This episode, man, Coach John's a real down-to-earth guy. He's an awesome guy. He has a nice story to tell you guys, man, and just, you know, listen to what he's saying and just, you know, write down any questions, comments, concerns that you have, and we just go from there. Hey, I, like always, I appreciate you guys listening in. Enjoy the episode. Yep, so I'm Jonathan DeHuya. Uh, most recently, I was the director of strength and conditioning at Norfolk State University in HBCU. Before that, I was an assistant strength and conditioning coach at North Carolina A&T State University, uh, where I worked with football, basketball, men's basketball specifically, volleyball, and men's and women's golf. Um, Some great experiences there. Um, Before that, I was at another HBCU, Norfolk State. And then I also spent time interning uh, at Georgetown University and Old Dominion University. Uh, Old Dominion University gave me my first start. Uh, I was underneath Coach Mack and Coach Martin there. They are no longer at ODU, but um, they had a long tenure there. Uh, It was a great experience. It was different. You know, they're very stern ex-football players. Um, So as my first intro to the field, that's the first thing I saw. Uh, And then once I ended up going to Georgetown University, it was like a whole 180 on everything. Um, When I was there, the environment was way more lighthearted, a lot more involved in the kids' lives, I would I would say. And like really, uh, there's a lot of enrichment for the for the interns, you know, there wasn't so much meathead um, type intern education programming. Um, they, we, we had Taco Tuesdays. We had pose downs for like bodybuilding, fake bodybuilding competitions. Uh, we did every type of training there. The, the strength coaches at the time, Michael Hill, um, Chris Tolzman, and Dave Terry. Uh, all came from different backgrounds. Mike is the director, and he he works with men's basketball. He has a basketball background. Chris played football. Um, he's an Olympic lifter, so that's his thing. And and Dave is an ex bodybuilder, ex strong strong man, and power lifter. So like you got everything. And the intern class that we had was eleven people. It was a crazy summer. It was a crazy amount of interns. And you had interns from all different types of backgrounds and athletic backgrounds and education backgrounds. And it was it was dope, man. It was and it allowed me to mold myself in a different way than I think some other strength and strength and conditioning programs allow their interns to to transform. And I I I credit a lot of my growth and my path to where I where I what I've achieved and where I am now to that one singular summer and the relationships that I built with uh, the strength coaches there. Uh, following that, I had a tough decision. They offered me uh, a, a position and I decided to turn it down um, so I could go to Norfolk State University, uh, which is you know 20 minutes from where I live and work with you know football and, and you know, all the sports, being, being a volunteer assistant there. And I was also starting my master's program. So I was like, man, I don't know if I'll be able to handle the role that they're trying to offer me. Um, that one role in specific just demanded a lot of time. And me knowing the person that I am, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to manage the master, the start of the master's program and, and that the role that they offered. Um, and it turned out to be a great decision. You know, it was hard to turn down money to go back home to your hometown and, and be a volunteer assistant. But it, I, over that period, I had some really good interviews at uh, some some great universities and you know finalists for some and didn't get callbacks for others. Uh, but through that interview process, I think I was able to learn how to navigate that process and set myself up for my job 
at North Carolina A&T, uh, where I spent uh, a, most of my most of my career, you know, five years there, accomplished a, a lot of things and helped Coach Cedric Walthall grow that strength and conditioning department. Originally, it was myself, it was him, a full-time assistant, myself, a part-time assistant, and then uh, another part-time position. And both part-time positions, um, you know, they were, you know, they were a little money, as you could imagine. Uh, but from there, I became full-time uh, once the other guy left. And then we had two, the two part-time positions had full-time pay, but no benefits. And then we also added a nutritionist on staff, you know, on top of North Carolina A&T track becoming, you know, nationally recognized, uh, being, uh, you know, taking North Carolina A&T to four celebration bowls out of the five that were held. Um, and, you know, and I helped turn the men's basketball program around uh, during my time there as well. And now North Carolina A&T is leaving the MEAC and heading to the big south. So I feel like, you know, it's been nice. I didn't get to experience the transition to the to the big south, but you know, it feels good knowing that I was part of that that growth at that program. Um and that set me up to be the director at Norfolk State University um over the past year. And um, you know, all my experiences from all my other universities really allowed me to be the best director I saw a uh, fit for, for the program at Norfolk State University. I ended up just leaving the, I just ended up leaving my role as director at Norfolk State uh, to pursue a career in real estate. And it was a personal decision to have more flexibility and freedom to do things that I enjoy and to also spend more time with my son. Uh, you know, that's very important to me, as you can imagine. It's been, you know, a crazy road with all the hours that you got to spend to help people be successful. And, you know, it was, it was nice to make a decision for myself and and do what I needed to make myself better. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest, man. The real estate business, you're making a lot of money. For sure. Lot. <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, you know, the big thing for me, too, is the exciting part is I get to do that, be successful at that. You know, I think being in strength and conditioning, it allows me to be in a service industry. And I think being able to serve people has been what I've done for the last 10 years. And to to just be able to do that on a different platform is going to be a, should be an easy transition. I know the, the work and the field is going to be difficult, but I think what I do uh, helping others is going to be an easy transition for me. And, you know, I, it'll also give me flexibility to continue to work with young athletes uh, on the side as well and then continue to allow me a platform to fill that bucket. Right. I mean, either way, man, you're still serving, man, which is always a good thing. But um, let me get back to you being an intern, man. So when did you know when you were at ODU and or Georgetown that, like, this is – what I want to do and really start serving, you know, other people to make them better athletes, people, just human beings overall. When at one point in time, and it could have been before, just that's always a question I always ask people when they bring up service. And as soon as you said that, I was like, I got to know when. So it was crazy, man. It was, so I originally started, I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. I originally started my undergraduate career in finance and funny enough it, with a concentration in real estate and i had a job a student job at the the local naval base here and i was in finance had a job out there working for the government and i did that for about a year and realized that i did not like sitting in an office and it just you know it just i wasn't comfortable just sitting there all day no no you know, no shade to anybody else that does that and enjoys that. But for me, I just didn't feel like I was doing enough for me. So, you know, I, I was looking for a new outlet and a new way to pivot my education. And so 
I found the field of strength and conditioning and growing up, I always enjoyed playing sports and I always found that me specifically, I just, you know, I wasn't gifted with height and length. So I had to try to get it, uh, get it how I live and just try to be better at the things that I could do. And so, you know, how, you know, I looked at that as a way to help others try to accomplish the same thing. And so ODU gave me the opportunity to do that. Uh, while I was there, I was also an AAU basketball coach and, a you know, private strength and conditioning coach, private sector strength and conditioning coach. And, um, you know, that was all those three things allowed me to help others in, in different ways and provide service. But, um, you know, being in strength and conditioning, being in the weight room, it's just a whole different energy, man. Like you, you don't really get it anywhere else. Every day is exciting. Uh, guys are getting better. Um, guys and women are, are pushing weight and, and reaching levels that they would have never expected. And then my summer at Georgetown really kind of elevated all that because me seeing the different side of strength and conditioning and being able to serve others just not through the weight room, but just like enriching their lives, that was the point where I was like, oh man, like this weight room thing is dope, but this is just another platform for me to really impact people. You know what I mean? Not just through their physical skills and, you know, helping them become better at their sport, but allowing them to be better versions of of themselves and, and see things that they can accomplish off the playing surface. And, um, that, that summer at Georgetown really, really sparked me and sparked my imagination and like really helped me see the potential that we have as strength and conditioning coaches. And then with you taking that, what you got at Georgetown and then going, did you go back to Norfolk first? Then go to A&T? Yeah, I went to, Nor- I went to Norfolk State first and then I went to A&T. So like with you going to Norfolk and A&T, so like, with those intangibles in mind, like how did you implement those things when you took over, you know, the sports that you took over, basketball, whatever, like and just saw, you know, the difference in your athletes once you start implementing those things? So it, it was, you know, that was what, 2013, 2014. And, um, Back then, I feel like we didn't see what we saw as strength coaches now. You know, I think more so we're more worried about people as a whole, just the just the way the world is now. And so, you know, coming from Georgetown, one of my first experiences of really helping people as people uh, was you know with with the volleyball team at the time. You know, they had they were down bad. And um, they also had just issues internally with just the players. And so, you know, I brought them together and try to help find ways to find out how they could be better teammates to each other. You know what I mean? Like you can't even win if you don't have that stuff together and that stuff. Right. So once we did that, you know, we started doing a lot better. Uh, I got to learn the girls a lot more. And, um, you know, it became more of a, a mentor, like a life mentor type relationship. And like, that's what I thrive on. You know, it's easy for me to do the X's and O's and, you know, read books and apply all that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it. But me personally, I enjoy impacting them deeper than that. And then that for me also creates better commitment for my student athletes. And from from that point on, like, we just take off. It becomes easy to do anything. You know what I mean? I can ask them to run through a brick wall. They're going to do it ASAP. Uh, and I also took that same type of mindset to North Carolina A&T. And as you can imagine, you know, teams have issues all, all the time. And different teams have different issues. Every dynamic is different. And um, I've had, I had two different instances at, 
uh, A and T where players didn't get along with or didn't agree with things that was happening from their coaches. And, you know, I had to help guide them and, and navigate that. You know what I mean? Like you can't always pick your boss. I'm not going to get into details uh, because I know, you know, coaches listen to this, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, they can't pick their bosses and that's, that's a life lesson. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to deal with it or quit. You know what I'm saying? You got two, you got two options. Realistically, you can keep pushing and do it the right way. And sometimes you got to play the game and you may not like it. You may, you know, may, may take an ego hit, but if you want to win, you have to play the game. You got to play the game. And so I helped them realize that, how to navigate, how to move forward and have the best relationship with their coach. And, um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of success, especially lately. Um, and then, you know, on another team, it was kind of the same deal, you know, it was a tough relationship and I helped kind of bridge that gap um, because that's, that's the beauty behind being a strength and conditioning coach. You know, you're not your support staff, so you're not, you know, a sport coach. And so you can, you can kind of bridge that gap. You can find out what the head coach or the coaching staff wants. You can find out what the, the student athletes need to be able to accomplish that. And you can kind of be the mediator of the two because sometimes communication is lost between the coaching staff and the student athletes and both sides don't know what they don't know about each other. And so as a strength coach, you're there to, to help fill those gaps and help, help win really. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like, you just said another thing, man, like I always tell people is you don't know what you don't know, man. So like, and it definitely relates to that, like coaches and, and athletes, don't always see eye to eye. And sometimes it's just a communication issue. Something, Something's going on in either or's life or whatever, or, you know, the way they said something or, or the wording that they used threw somebody off. And now, you know, they out here button heads or just upset at each other for no reason. When in reality, the end goal is still the same. We still want to win. I still want to see you do good in life as a coach and player to coach. Same thing as a, as a player to coach, like, I still want to see you do well. So it's just like, obviously, you know, we ain't going to bring you here and you're not here just, you know, to wreak havoc and, you know, be crazy and just do whatever. So it's just, you know, I think us being a support staff, you know, and being in that service part, like we have to, you know, identify stuff like that and just be like, Hey, like, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've had that conversation before. Like, y'all end goal is the same. Y'all want to win games. Y'all want to take care of each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's still the same. So, obviously, there's something being mixed up in the middle, but the end goal still wants to be the same. So, what do we need to do to fix this? No, that's huge, man. You get you get uh, student athletes all the time talking about how coach don't mess with me or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, coach want to win. If you was doing what you were supposed to do, he would play you. You know what I'm saying? If you were doing what you're supposed to do, he would play you. He would be coaches would be stupid to not play somebody that would help the team. So there's got to be something there. You're not. He may not be messing with you because it's something you're doing off the off the court. You know what I'm saying? But you got to look internally and try to figure that out because you're not going to win that battle. No, you're not. You're you're not going to get your time back. They think they are right. Like nah, it don't work like that. Nah, and it takes a lot of maturity, man. And that's what I, I you know, I've, I've I've been through a lot of experiences like that. And I just, I've, I find it great that I can now give back and help the student athletes figure out that growth because sometimes they don't get that lesson and it becomes too late. You know I mean, they hit the workforce and, you know, don't agree with some stuff and they just try to handle it the way they normally would. And that just doesn't fly in the real world because, in athletics, man, it's different. It's a different world, man. And there's so many yeah. lessons to be learned that will help you thrive and be successful in your future. Man, you just said something again, man. Like, I, like a lot of people in athletics, especially athletes, obviously, don't understand. Like, we low-key don't live in the real world, man. Like, we're in our, like, our <laughs> own little, like, bubble, like, to be honest with you, like, our schedule is pretty much set. Oftentimes, we got the summer off. We got these 
other breaks off. You know, like obviously we have our season and stuff like that, but there's also other issues that we really don't have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know, as coaches and, and administrators, you know, we got to, you know, come to work, service our athletes, but, you know, we're doing this and we're seeing the benefits almost instantaneously. You know, we're seeing our athletes getting taken care of. We're seeing them get better at their sport, uh, obtaining more knowledge either on their sport, but also in academics and stuff like that. And like most jobs, like it's sad to say, but like most jobs, you don't see that type of benefit. You don't see that, you don't get that satisfaction, and like no. when you when no. you hit that real world, man, you you you're working for a job where you're servicing something, and you don't get that same satisfaction, man. Like I tell people all the time, man, like we just got to be appreciative of you know the position we're in, even though we may not like it because we want to enhance it even more to make it even better. But like at the same time, like you know, I've seen people leave the profession and not go into real estate and wish they didn't leave. And I'm just like, you didn't appreciate what you had because you were complaining about something that you wanted. Not understanding that this right here, like we're in our own little bubble, man. Like once you leave this bubble, Hey man, you will understand real quick. I like that. It's a different world. (laughs) It's a different, that's all I can say. It's a different world, man. And like me finally stepping out, you know, and it's it's been on my mind for a little bit. And before, you know, when I was early in my career, I always told myself, you know, once once my kid gets older and gets into sports, you know, I'll, I'll transition out of the college realm or the professional realm and go to a high school. You know, I'll be able to enjoy that, have a more set schedule, blah, blah, blah. But uh, but now stepping out, you know, prematurely to where I wanted to. Luckily, I've, I've, I was able to take time and evaluate this decision and make sure it was best for me. But you, there's so, there, there, there are things to complain about in our field. And, and if you just go on social media, you'll see it. Oh, yeah. There aren't a lot of <laughs> solutions. And you know, I think that's the sad part. You know, I'm not even going to go into um, a lot of the things that we run into that's a negative. Um, you know, I think that there's a, that's a whole nother episode that we could talk oh, yeah. about some of those things, but you know, it kind of goes back to that phrase I just said, like, you don't know what you don't know. Once you leave this, you gotta, you gotta work a regular job. I'll hate to say a regular job, but you know, <laughs> work another job. Like you don't get to talk to people, you know, side, well, I'll say sideways, but it's a different way. Yeah. Like you, you gotta, there's a political correctness in the yeah. regular workforce, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that comes from us being coaches, but even, you know, student athletes, you get taught to a certain way all the time in, in athletics, you enter the workforce, somebody taught you sideways, you go, you might snap off. Like that's, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, that doesn't, and that might work, you know, at practice or on the sidelines because it's just the heat of the moment. Like things fly. Things, things, things go under the radar and, and things happen that people don't realize. And those things are okay in this little bubble of, of, of athletics. You know what I'm saying? Cause we don't, we don't operate by the same rules as the rest of the world. And, um, that there's positives and negatives behind it, but it's, it's definitely different, man. Yeah. I think it will be episodes of the negatives. <laughs> It won't Absolutely. just be one episode. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, and, but, and hopefully with a ton of a ton of solutions uh, to oh, combat yeah. the things that that would be talked about. And to to piggyback on that, man, like I feel like just within our profession, we love. Um, I mean, just not even within our profession, just people in general. I feel like inherently we love to you know point out the negative and just harp on that without really providing or trying to have an input to give a solution to, to, you know, actually fix this issue or whatever that's going on amongst our profession. And I feel like that's something like not going into detail about any specific things, just like overall, like we can say, you know, somebody's workout is this, they need to do that. We'll find a negative. Like, ah, I want to did that. It's just like, does it really matter if, if, you know, so-and-so does, you know, freaking band TKEs with a, a certain color band or, or, (laughs) 
a certain amount of reps. Like it's it's there's certain things that really don't matter that we try to make a negative. If you get what I'm saying, versus nah, bro. Like, what that, is that, like? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like what's 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 really something that we really need to be concerned about in our profession versus picking, choosing, you know, like minute things like that. That, that like, it just doesn't matter. Like it's still gonna benefit whoever. Like it, there's still a positive out of it if you see a negative. Like, how about, you know, be professional, reach out to whoever, reach out to a lot of people before you even reach out to that person. That's one thing, too. I don't like people that as soon as they see something, they're ready to say something right then and there versus, hey, let me let me reach out to my, you know, squad of people, my clique of people, ask them about this just to make sure I'm thinking right, because I don't know if I'm right. I just feel like I'm right. But let me let me let me reach out to these people and see before I even say anything to this person. And I think that's what we really need to do as a profession or even just ask. No, hey, for sure. I see this. I've never seen this before. Uh, can you give me some more information about it versus my, ah, I wouldn't have did that. You know, I could have did something totally else. Yeah. Like a lot of people do piss sharks versus squats, but they're the, the, the reason why they're doing this could be completely different from why you do regular squats. Like, it's just we got to pick our, our battles way better when it comes to identifying negative things. I'm saying negative with quotations with my fingers because it's just like certain <laughs> things aren't really negative. No, that's fair. I think there's like there's there's two things. You said it at the end of, uh, end of that statement, but I think it's like lack of knowledge. You know, so one way to combat that would just to be able to ask questions. So just ignorance and in, in that aspect of lack of knowing. And then two is like lack of caring. I think sometimes when people complain about stuff, we'll just talk about stuff in general. They don't care enough to figure out why they just see it and they don't like it and they're going to badmouth it or complain about it. If you really cared. Like you talk about caring. You would help try to find a solution or find out why it is the way it is. and. And in turn, try to find a solution. Right. And so, like, you know, if you talk about coaches talking about other programs, like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Well, you don't, one, you don't know why he's doing it. And two, you don't care enough to even ask why, because you just want to badmouth and you don't like it. You don't agree. And that's, for me, that's self-serving. I think complaining without, yes. um, without a solution mm-hmm. is just self-serving. Like, oh, I don't like it. What I do is better. You don't know that. You never know. And it's, it's always goes back to what we said earlier. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And for me, like I do stuff with my teams that fit my teams and it works for our teams. Like, you know, I think I did some great stuff with in, in my in my time at Norfolk State. And some coaches might have not liked certain things or, or ways that I did stuff. They might have not have liked my warm up that I did with the softball team or some of the things I did with the softball team, but it worked. Everybody loved being in the weight room. Everybody communicated with me um, whenever they had any issues or they're supposed to. But like I had student athletes come to me all the time, like over over communicating, like, bro, like, that's fine. That's cool. Like, you didn't have to tell me that. But they just, you know, the way I handled it is just the way that worked best for us. And it, it wouldn't have, I don't think some, sometimes like the way I, I operate may not look like your normal strength and conditioning where it's, everything is X, Y, Z. And, uh, you know, it doesn't go for all teams, but, um, but, you know, I think with football, there, there's a little bit more structure just by the nature of the sport, you know, right. you know, with my softball or volleyball teams or, or bowling or whatever, I have a different vibe because it doesn't have to be everything on a cadence or, Whatever I want my student athletes to have fun and get better. That's 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 right. it. At the end of the day, yep. I want them to get better and enjoy the, the time that they had. And I want them to be able to ask questions, be comfortable en- to, enough to ask, "Why are we doing this? Would this be better?" And I love when they ask me questions. They've asked me questions that challenge me, or I say, and it could have been a better solution if it was individualized. But you know, I, I could explain to them why we did this instead of that because. This is the setting that we're in. You know, it would just work for the flow. Ideally, in the breastwork scenario, 
I would have done it that way, but because of the situation we're in, you know, we had to do it a different way. And it, and it's, it's dope to have that back and forth because they know that I care and they, they know that there's right. a difference. Yep. And, and I, I think with a lot of athletes, like maybe like the first month or so, they're so stuck in their ways. When you bring something new like that, they're always going to have questions and feel some kind of way about it because they're used to doing what they're used to doing. So when they understand like, Oh, this dude cares about me. Like this is different, but like I'm used to doing this and I like doing this, but he cares. So the fact that he cares, I'm going to give this man the opportunity to do X, Y, and Z until, you know, he proves me wrong type thing. Like until he gives me that, you know, reason for me to be like truly concerned about my health and me actually getting better. I'm going to trust this guy because he took the time to actually explain why we do X, Y, and Z versus saying, I wrote it down. That's it. Like what <laughs> I say goes like being able to tell the athletes, this is why we do X, Y, and Z shows that you care, show that you put forth effort to do your research to know what will probably benefit these set of athletes better versus your, you know, I say generic strength and conditioning for football because I feel like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I just been thinking about it lately. Like, does it really need to be as structured and as militant? Probably not. I mean, it would, it would be crazy. <laughs> it would kind of be buck wild with the, you know, the variety of athletes you have. But like, I always think about like being the devil's advocate. Like, I wonder if we didn't have, you know, a structured warm up and a structured workout and just, you know, pretty much did everything. Not like, you know, freestyling type thing, but like less structured. I wonder how it would look, man. I I never been with a like truly like jacked up organization where everything was just crazy and not structured when it came to football. So I would wonder how that would look because I'm trying to like I don't want to say like a team or anything and make them feel bad. I'm just like for the most part, when you think about football, even from like the warm up to the workout to the cool down everything is like real structured. So like, how would it look if it wasn't structured? Would you still get the same stimulus? Would you still get the same, you know, output that you want? I don't know. I'm not going to try Not no time soon. (laughs) For sure. For sure. (laughs) So for me, it's so I'm going to talk about what you were saying earlier about kids caring Mm -hmm. and talk about the structured thing so like you know i had you know this was before covid um so one of like the you know we were our stuff looked different once covid started but before covid last winter or when we started our winter training with football you know we had morning conditioning sessions and we i did a lot of teaching and it makes it a little easier when you have structure because you can you know everyone can learn it uh, in a structured pattern it just it's more organized that way but once we got some of that stuff out of the way, after a couple of weeks, you know, our drills became a little less structured um, and a little bit more free flowing mm. and almost more like a sport practice would look. Because you look at our practice as a sport, any sport, you don't have everything going, everyone going on a whistle or or on a cadence or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Everything's free-flowing because that's how you learn best. And that's how you can see yeah. everybody. So I'm fl- I'm floating around and I have a bunch of different stations going. And I, I you know, I, I coach and I think part of it is you have to coach them up to a certain level to be able to accomplish this for you. Um, right. but I was able to float around and watch guys do things. And you know, I wasn't I didn't want to have to blow my whistle for every rep because I'm blowing my whistle, I can't talk. Right. I'm blowing my whistle, I can't see everybody. So I'm floating around. And I'm able to see a guy hit a rep and talk to him individually, pull him aside and say, hey, this is what it should look like. And I might have to stop the group like, yo, you know, watch, you know, watch so-and-so's rep. When you when he comes out of this, this is what it should look like. You know, I'm seeing a lot of people that are doing X, Y, Z. And it sounds like that's what's supposed to happen. But a lot of times when you only have a, a limited set of eyes at a training session, you know, a lot of things go overlooked but you know I'm, I'm trying to get a lot of things done and for me it's like yeah you can go we're gonna do these reps this many times 
but I'm looking and, you know, there's some sessions where I'm like, I'm looking at reps until I see that everybody gets it. Right. And then we might open it up to a, um, to a live type drill where it's not with cones and now we can interact and play and really have some agility in there. Um, because, you know, everything on a cadence and organized can only be so free. And we're trying to do all these things and they get to the field and, you know, they don't have limits and boundaries and cones and, right. and things like that. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one thing. And I think to get to that point, the kids have to know you care because if not, they're not going to care. Yeah. And they're, you, know, you wouldn't be able to do that and have you just have complete chaos. You know what I'm saying? It'd be it'd be free flowing drills, but it'd be complete chaos. But, you know, if, if they know you care and they in turn care about what they're doing, they're going to do it the right way. You know, I have guys in training says, hey, coach, can you watch me do this? And for me, that's that, that probably happens to a lot of coaches. But for me, that's huge, man. There's there's times where I get kids that don't want to say anything or I've seen coaches uh, where athletes don't want to say things or they don't want to ask a question. You know, I don't, I always tell my kids like, I'll never lie to you and I'll never embarrass you. If you make a mistake or you have a question, bring it up because I'm sure a lot of your other teammates are having that same issue. Why am I feeling this or why am I coming off this foot? And there's never a right or wrong answer. You know what I'm saying? Every, it ain't, it's not always going to be this foot, this leg, this direction. You know what I'm saying? So I also like to make it less structured so that we can see some of these nuances in the training session and find out why it looks the way it is because live in a game you might be halfway through a cycle and have to put a different foot down and so you're gonna have to be able to to come out of these different movements multiple types of ways so i'm gonna try to give you as many tools as possible to be successful and i can't see that if i'm always oh we're gonna do this crossover step and and that and whatever so i try to hustle through some of those quick learning points and then get to the field where i can see everybody move because not everybody's going to move the same way some people are going to be um more knowledgeable in in things that and things that they should respond ways that they should respond with their body and other people aren't so yeah and like the reason why i ask that is because what I recently started doing with our tennis team, man, is pretty much just like a rolling start. Like if you get in early, go ahead and start your warm up so I can see you individually and so on and so on. So lately, man, like low key is a blessing, to be honest with you. Like they'll come in, man, like do their warm up. And like all last semester, man, I feel like it was just being a militant person for so many teams, man, it just gets so tiring and like, and it's not fun, it, bro. That's it's not, not fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not fun at all, bro. So, like, being able to, like, see somebody warm up and once they get done warming up and somebody else come in, like, yes, it kind of makes it repetitive because it's just like, ah, oh, like, I got to watch this person. But at the same time, if they know that warm up and they know it from start to finish, you ain't got to write it on the board no more or have a sheet out for them or anything like that, that lets you know, for one, you're doing your job well enough to where they're able to come in, go ahead and do the warm up then go to the board to see the workout versus, all right, like after we get done with this, we got this. And then once we get done with that part of one, we got this. It's just like, all right. So like while you're taking care of that, we can go ahead and get started on this person right here on, you know, box jumps or whatever. And then like, like you said, with the limitations, like it's not there anymore. Like they can push themselves even more now. And like with you saying like, you know, the athlete comes to you asking, Hey, can you watch this? They come to me for the same exact reason and even ask, like, can I put the box up higher? Like, I feel I can do more versus when you got a militant, for the most part, like, almost everything has to be the same. So, like, when it came to box jumps, like, almost all the heights had to be the same because everybody was using it at the same time. And it's right, that goes right, right. the availability and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, like, go ahead. Like, ain't nobody using it right now. Like, it's just you going. Like, you got here early, so go ahead and start. And it's just, like, those things right there won't be possible if you make things so structured to the point to where it takes the whole thought process out for them. Like, yeah, you want things to be easy for your athlete, like coming in. So they ain't got to worry about logistics and stuff like that. But it also takes away from them 
pushing themselves. Like, and that's something that we want for our athletes. Like, we shouldn't have to yell to the top of our lungs for them to push themselves all the time. That should be something, you know, um, within them. And I feel like doing that structure sometimes, man, they're so used to, you know, the coach getting up on them. I got to talk my trash, get this kid going. I got to do X, Y, and Z versus, hey, like, if you want to push yourself, this is the time to do it. And, you know, we got soft boxes, man. It's hilarious seeing some kids like, man, I just want to try it just because, man. Like, I just want to try it. And then right, they surprise right, right. themselves when they do it. And I'm just like, hey, there you go. But we also got some kids that just want to try to try to look cool and end up falling over the box. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's not for you. Like, I'm just it's saying, not that's not, it's not for you. But <laughs> I like I like the fact that you're going to try. And, yeah. you know, right. taking it out to the courts, man, it's just like you can tell, like, now they're – they're really testing their limits. And it's just, ah, well, the structure sometimes, man, athletes just get used to having the, you know, out outside, you know, voice, outside person, whoever, like football, man. Like, I do, I mean, I do this with all sports, for one. So, like, whatever their percent is, if they move it super easy and they got the same percentage, there's a good chance I'm coming around with a five or a two and a half to slap that thing on. Like, it's automatic. And they're used to doing that, like, but now with tennis, what I noticed is they were so used to me doing that. Now they look at me and they go ahead, go grab the five and stuff. And I'm just like, you going up? Oh, yeah, I already went up last set. But like that one was kind of easy, too. And it's just like now they know their limits. They know how certain percentages should feel and stuff like that versus us being so militant and being like, all right, do your 75 percent. All right. going on the whistle. Ready, three, two, and blow the whistle. Now everybody's doing the seventy percent, but who's really pushing themselves? And you can't tell because you're so focused on the structure versus the athlete. Absolutely, bro. Like I feel like they need some autonomy to be yeah. successful. To be truly successful. Like right. we want them to do like you said, that we want them to be great and think for themselves, but how can we do that if we are locking them in a box with a program with a workout card and not, nothing, nothing's wrong with it. But for me, it just didn't, it didn't work for what I wanted. And so like with men's basketball that I've worked with, um, it, it was different when I tried this out, but it was, it was dope the way it turned out. And it took, I had to build the trust and I had to build the maturity first, but in season with my, and I do it with most of my teams now, uh, but with this specific basketball team, it was come in and, you know, do any pre-work that you needed individualized to you. And I gave them ideas and, you know, just general stuff. Uh, if they had some issues with their hip, do some extra hip stuff, whatever. But when I, when it got to the lift, you know, I gave them for certain lifts, if I wanted them to do something, I gave them a percentage range to mess with, maybe like six to nine to 10 percent, you know, different, like just a, a window to to utilize. And, um, you know, sometimes if they felt really good, they would go above that window. If they felt terrible, they'd go below it. But it, there was a trust there. You know, what I mean, I didn't yeah. nobody ever. I can I feel like I can confidently say this. I don't think anybody took me for a fool and just did under what they were capable of because they just were lazy that day. Because I think, one, if you build a level of maturity and great culture, guys aren't going to want to do that and let the team down. And other guys aren't going to let their teammates BS the rest of the team, BS themselves and then BS the rest of the team. So what I would do is we would start the lift that way. You know, we, we wait for everybody to to come in depending on like if it was right after practice you know some guys had to get some guys had to do some other stuff after practice or whatever so we might just have a rolling start like you did but um you know once we hit the warm-up rolling start or not their workout was kind of um freestyled in, in respects to i gave them categories of things i wanted to do in season for basketball i wanted to take care of their hips their feet their knees and their shoulders. So out of those section out of those categories, I would have like three to five exercises from uh, mobility work to some strengthening work to some rehab. And they would get to pick. And there are there are some exercises that I that I require because I think they're important for us to retain the strength or 
uh, flexibility or mobility for what, for whatever I want. There, there are things that I require for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in some of those categories, three to five exercises, you pick two or you pick three, depending on, you know, depending on what it is. So they get a, a good range. They can't, I don't have it set up. I have it set up so that they can't just pick three mobility exercises. They, they have to, the way the numbers work out, they either have to pick, they're going to have to pick a strengthening exercise or a mobility exercise. So it's, you get, um, you get it all throughout the week, but it gives them some ownership of the program. And I had, it took a while to build that, that leadership and that maturity and that ownership. But guys wouldn't, you know, I would tell them like, Hey, this is for you. How does your body feel? I know the X player, you have, you know, issues with your right hip. So they, they know they're going to pick this mobility exercise that they love to do because it makes them feel good. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and so if I was stuck on a card, it'd be harder to do that because, yeah, you can have um, you can have some active rest in there, but it still may not hit what that guy needs. So. You know, and I think maybe if you have the manpower, if you're just a one sport strength coach, you could probably program for A, B, and C athlete all individually. Uh, I didn't have that luxury, so that's how that was my solution for it. Give them a toolbox of things to do for their feet, and they got to pick two or three of those exercises, and they're gonna pick what is gonna be good for them. You know, they're not. They're not. Guys aren't student guys, women, athletes aren't gonna aren't inherently disobedient. Yeah, you know what I mean. They they become that way because you didn't gain their trust or you didn't gain their respect. Right. So, you know, I've I've been blessed enough to be in situations where my student athletes mess with me and they trust me and. They buy into what I have going on. And uh, I think that's another way I've done it is, you know, I give them flexibility in the things that they do because it helps them get ready for them. I mean, it's not a one size fits all program. They could have one player could have a completely different workout at the end of the day than the other player. And for me, it's just like that's how you would do it if they were professionals. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everyone would get individualized treatment. Right. And, exactly. and programming. So why wouldn't we do that as college athletes? Why would we do that now? And then they have a completely different format of training as pros or when they go home in the summer. You know, I mean, they, the people go to their trainers back home. They don't do their strength coaches program most of the time, sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But until you get that trust, that's when they're like, I'm going to do coaches program because I've seen it. I've seen kids not do their coaches program because they don't like it. Or they don't feel like it's getting them better. It's so generalized. It doesn't feel like it's getting them better. So they go home and do an individualized workout. So I bring that to the college setting. And you know what? I'm going to do, we're going to do what is going to make you better today. And, you know, most of that's in season because it's it's just easier to do it in season. You know, I wouldn't do that uh, as freely out of season because uh, there's a lot uh, of ground to be covered. Uh, out of season but you know in season when you're just retaining and trying to keep kids available on the roster i'm gonna do whatever i I want them to do whatever it's going to take for them to be healthy and available on that bench man you sure you want to go into real estate man (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate it man honestly man i've been i've been thinking about just mentoring other coaches mentoring student athletes you know i feel like i got a lot to offer I appreciate that, though. Yeah, That's man. Right. I mean, like, everything you say, man, I'm just like, man, like, we losing this cat to real estate, man? Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to still be training. I'm going to still be training uh, student athletes and mentoring other young coaches and stuff. I got to yeah. stay involved, man. I just love it so much. Yeah, man. It's, it, but people call it the dark side, man. I'm like, but hey, man, when, when, uh, well, I was, I was telling one of my athletes, when you saw Spider Man turn to Venom, Venom looked like a badass, right? All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> bet. Like, dude was tough, right? Oh, okay. But, man, like, everything you say in this episode, man, it's just, it's hitting home. Like, I'm just like, yeah, yes, service. Like, being, you know, there for the athlete, making them better, man. And, like, 
with the whole autonomy thing, man, like that's one thing I was like really hammering on, especially with tennis, just because it's a smaller population of athletes and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, y'all are used to coming to a structure. Now, like I'm giving you guys the ownership because when you're out there on that court, you're on there, you're on that court by yourself. I can't be out there in your ear. They ain't going to let me yell like that for one. I'm going to get right. in trouble. They're going to have to tell me <laughs> I got to go. So Right, right, right. I, I need you guys to understand that it's just like it's the same with professionals. Like you said, man, it's just like, you know, I I love structure because it makes it easier on us to see certain things sometimes here and there. And it's easier to just, you know, write something up on the sheet. But at the end of the day, man, like, is it really servicing the athlete to my full capabilities? No. So right, right. the 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 autonomy portion of it has to be there. Like giving them structure so many times after a while, too much of anything is bad for you. So like always giving them that type of structure, they're used to that and it's going to enable them. And like, for me personally, just seeing some athletes that I've worked with and being a, a player as well, is just like seeing them so used to structure once they get out of this bubble and they have to start doing things on their own, but they were so used to a coach or academic advisor or administrator or professor, you know, having these things already laid out for them because, you know, they had spring practice at this time. So we're going to, you know, work around the schedule and do this or, you know, seasons like this. So the academic advisor already got, you know, coursework ready and prep and stuff, you know, ready for you. Your tutors are waiting for you at the hotel, X, Y, and Z. It's just like, is that really helping them for the real world? Because nah. I wish I had, you know, some daggone, you know, academic advisors and tutors in the real world, especially when it came to taxes and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I need that. But like we we need to figure out how we can let our athletes actually be, you know, in ownership of their life. Like, yeah, their ownership of their athletic abilities and their academics when it comes to studying and stuff, but we know there's more to that in the real world or just in real life in general. Right. It's, it's huge, bro. Like it, we're here to serve them and get them ready for the, for the real world. But like you're saying, man, we have so many things in place to not make that real. And, um, I've seen, and it, it's, I've seen, I have a lot of athletes that, I've had a lot of athletes that are doing a lot of things on the side and it's funny that we we're talking about this because the the athletes that have a lot are so apologetic man and it's it's almost it almost makes me feel bad I got student athletes that um I have a student athlete that was working and interning with a district district attorney and uh, he was always coming and like saying, sorry, coach, I got to do it. I was like, yo, let's make it work, bro. Like, I know we got to do, we got to get these training sessions in and we will. Like, that's big. And he and he saw it. He like, uh, he knows that he's not going to play professionally yeah. or may not want to pursue it. You know what I'm saying? So why wouldn't I support you in doing that? And I wish more student athletes would try to take advantage of that and not feel like they're handcuffed by the things they have to do for their sport. And I understand, like, I'm not trying to, trying to make, trying to put, uh, you know, what we say, we always say it's a student athlete, but let's be real. There's a lot of times where you got to make decisions that support your, your athletic career versus yeah. your academic career. So let's not pretend like that's not a real thing. Uh, I know what the answer is supposed to be, but uh, I think sometimes they're stuck making decisions that don't serve their future. And, I think sometimes also they just don't know what the possibilities are. Like we can make it work. It's the real, you know, you talk about the bubble of, of athletics, but you know, you're getting ready for the real world. Like go ahead and expand and, and try things out and you know, we can make the schedule work. Okay. I might have to, you might have to be in a separate session or I might have to open up a session or move a session, but I want you to be successful because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be here anyway. Yeah. And it ain't, you know, it's not going to it's not going to bother me too much. I'm saying I might have to make an adjustment and adapt to it. But come on, man, if I'm not looking out for your best interest, then I'm not doing my job. Exactly. And it's not it's not just with athletics. And I feel like a lot of athletes, that's why they come in. 
apologetic because they're like, oh, man, like, you know, my strength coach, my coach, man, like, they only care about my athletic portion of, you know, who I am. And it's just like, ah, if that coach only cares about that, then that's not really your coach because the coach is supposed to look out for you, man. And, like, not only with the, the sport because if, if you need a ride to practice and your car broke down, but your coach is telling you, oh, that's just an excuse for you not making practice, even though y'all live, you know, driving distance is eight minutes, but walking is, you know, almost two hours. It's just like, you could have came and picked me up if it was, you know, if you really, if you really cared about me like that. Like, I understand, like, I understand that you have to uphold a standard, but at the same time, as a coach, we have to be able to accommodate them. Like, there was one time on campus, like, one of my athletes, like, car broke down. And, like, legit, I think it was, like, a half hour before the workout. And, like, to walk in the rain, he was like, hey, I'm walking. It's raining out here. Yada, yada, yada. I'm a, I might be a little late. I said, man, if you don't stay in that dorm complex, I'm going to come pick you up. Like, what do you think this is? Like, we're not, we're not doing that. I refuse to let that happen. It's just like there's certain things as a coach we just have to be willing to accept and be humble about. Like, but I, I feel like man that that goes back to that that structure part, man. Like, like we're so bound, like 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 bound to wanting to have structure. We mix that in with being militant, and it's just like to be honest, it it works for football for the most part because it's so generalized, but at the same time, man, like you can't apply that militant attitude to real life things all the time. It just, it doesn't work. It's not going to work, especially for these young men and women out here working for you and trying their best. But, um, shoot, man, I wish we could keep going, but, uh, I always have a question. My mic was muted. My bad. Oh, no, you straight, man. Um, Last thing, and it's the question I always ask people for the most part is, what is one thing you think people in our profession need to hear? Uh, In our profession, I'm not even going to make it for just the athlete, for the student athletes. I would say that we have to meet people, people, everybody where they are first. You know, from there we can we can elevate and help them learn. But if we don't meet them where they are first, there's gonna be a breakdown in communication somewhere. And that's that's gonna be from the student athlete. Like, you know, if I expect XYZ out of this freshman who's never had to take responsibility for anything there there's going to be some breakdown there and that per that person may not trust me or respect me because we have butted heads i understand you're a freshman you know that, that's the thing I, I understand you're a freshman let me help you find solutions or like find a way to make your life easier or make it so that you can get better from here you know you freshmen usually have issues communicating and they miss stuff or whatever help meet that freshman where they are you don't have to jump down their throat or nothing. They're a freshman. They ain't never done this before. Hey, man, you got to just make sure that you communicate with me, X, Y, Z. What's going on? Where's your class at? Oh, it's over here. Bro, if you would have just told me that, I know you got class over there. You know, I can understand if you can, you got to be a minute or two late or we just move you to, to a different lift. So kids are, kids are just afraid to have the conversation because coaches don't meet them where they are. They just want, I need you to do X, Y, Z. When they go to the real world, sometimes that might not even be viable. Right. And so it's that thing. And then also from a different avenue of like maybe administration, you know what I'm saying? You got to meet your administration where they're at. Maybe they don't know a lot about what we do as a profession. Meet them where they are. You know what I'm saying? Eventually have some conversations and try to push the boundaries and, and, and grow the program. But you can't just go to the administration and expect them to to understand what you do and and support the change that you're trying to bring 
without any knowledge of what's going on. You got to meet them right. at their knowledge level or wherever they're at in the whole situation and help them help bring them up to speed. Right. So and meeting think, people where they're at is going to be huge for, I think, success anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say that, man. Like that's that's the like the the, the meat of it right there, man. It's just you got to meet them there, man. And um, to add to that, man, you know, that athlete and or administrator, whoever has to be willing to be met at the same time. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's one thing to try to meet somebody, but if their ears are closed and they got them beats, uh, Dre Beats headphones on, ain't <laughs> listening to nothing. It's just like we have to be willing to listen to each other too. That's that's huge, man. That's huge. You just got to care enough to be able to make some changes or or change the way you you view things. Right. Now I appreciate you being up here, man. Take it easy. For sure.